chill, an uneasy feeling that you are not alone. Don't worry, it's just a ghost. A shout out to Tia Mayhem and Tanya Venom of Stormstress for providing the incredible intro music for this podcast. Hello there, I am your host, Mary Jensen. This episode is a medley of haunts. I tell three different paranormal experiences that I have gone through. So this one is called Trickster, and it's about um, when I lived in Rhode Island, probably about seven or eight years ago, um, with my roommate Pam and her 11, 12-year-old son Jack. And so Pam and I were out uh, dancing one night, and we were in the club till around 1 o'clock, and we got in the car, and she had left her phone in the car. Um, And she checked her phone, and there was just a ton of messages from her aunt and her mother. They were frantic, like text messages, voice messages. And they just said, you know, whenever you get this message, you need to call us, no matter what time it is. So she called, and her aunt answered the phone, and she just said, you need to get to your mother's house now. So we just immediately went to her mother's house, and when we got there, you, you know, her mother was there, her, her stepdad and her aunt and a few other people, and come to find out, her sister had completed suicide oh, that no. night. Um, she had an apartment down in the basement. There was an apartment down in the house in the basement, and um, so Pam's mother had gone down to say goodnight, to Donna, mm. and she found her. Nice. So, you know, we hung around there for a while and, you know, just tried to support each other and stuff like that. And then we went home. That's just so, so sad because you never know why, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing because we had <clears throat> seen her like the day before, a couple of days before, and she seemed fine. Mm. You know, she was, I mean, she had a history of depression and stuff, but um she seemed fine and in fact we had made plans to get together to play some cards mm. you know so who knows if she was feeling like that then right. and just hit it or something else triggered it we don't know right but so then a few days later her her mother decided to have a priest come in and go down in the cellar and just say some prayers and do a little you know, sermon. And so we went to the house and like I said, Jack was around 11 or 12 and he was very, very close with his aunt Donna. Mm-hmm. And, but he didn't want to go down there. Right. So I said, that's all right. I said, um, you know, I'll stay up here with you. And so we were sitting at the kitchen table, one at each end and behind me was the door to the cellar. So we could hear voices down there. We could hear them talking. We just couldn't tell what they were saying. Mm. So we're just sitting there quietly. And I'm not kidding you. All of a sudden, both of the kitchen faucets turned on full blast. Wow. And we just, you know, Jack and I just looked at each other. And she's, he said, um, Auntie Donna. And I just nodded. And I got up. And I, I shut the waters off. And so he's like, let's go watch TV. So we went in the living room. And. We turned the TV on and we put the remote on the couch in between us. And all of a sudden, the TV shut off. Thanks. And again, we just looked at each other and I turned the TV back on and 
A few minutes later, I shut off. So we're like, okay, she doesn't want us watching TV right now. Mm. So that was, um, we just kind of waited until everybody was done. And then when we got home that night, we talked to Jack a little bit about it. And he said he was cool. He was okay with it. He he said it actually brought him some comfort because he knew it was her and that she was around still. So that was good that he wasn't like freaked out and stuff. So this was in, I think, I think it was May. So Thanksgiving comes around and we were supposed to go to her, her parents for Thanksgiving and everybody was going to bring something. So Thanksgiving Eve, we were sitting at the kitchen table and we were peeling vegetables and stuff. And there was a loud knock at the door. And it was like 10 o'clock at night. So Pam gets up and she goes to the door. She just opens it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I would have I would asked who it was it. or right. something. But <laughs> she just opened the door and there was no one there. Wow. And she's looking out and she goes, oh, my God. I said, what? Her dome light was on in her car. Yikes. And she hadn't even used the car that day, I don't think. Oh, wow. And she's like, I know I did not put the dome light on. Mm-hmm. So she shut the dome light off. And so the next day we go for Thanksgiving. And we, we didn't say anything. We're just all sitting at the dinner table. And her aunt, she says, oh, the weirdest thing happened last night. And we're just like, okay. And she said, yeah, I was watching TV. And there was a loud knock at the door. And uh, so she said, I got up and I went to the door and I opened. I guess in that family, they just opened doors without asking who it is. And she said, no one was there. Wow. So Pam and I look at each other. We still didn't say anything yet. And uh, so her aunt says, "Um," and then I looked and the dome light was on in my car. That's when my blood ran cold. (laughs) I was like, okay. Hey, so I said, like, what time was that? And she said, I don't know, maybe 9, 30, 10 o'clock-ish, I'm not sure. And so then we told her our story. And we said, we're not making this up. So, (laughs) I mean, it had to be her. Right. It had to be um, Donna. So, yeah, so that was a little bit weird. Mm -hmm. And But nothing happened, like, at the house where she lived. Oh, wow. Her mother said, no, you know, nothing really happened here last night. Right. I guess a couple of nights she had heard water running. Mm -hmm. And she got up and the bathroom, the water was on in the bathroom. Wow. But I guess Donna used to do stuff like this all the time when she was a kid. Right. She was a trickster. Yeah. So, okay, so there's Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Now Christmas comes around and uh, we put up our tree and hanging all the decorations and I took one out of the box. It was it was um, it was a record player, mm-hmm. like a little baby ornament shape. You know, it was a record player. And she said that her sister, that Donna had given her that for Christmas a few years ago, and that it played a Christmas song. So I, I went to play it, but there was no battery in it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. So I shut it back off. I mean, I remember doing that. But there was no battery anyway. Okay. She said there's no batteries in it. So we hung it on the tree. And then a few nights later, we're watching TV. And the Christmas song started playing, coming from the tree. Oh, well. <laughs> so 
she figured I put batteries in it, and I right. figured she put a battery in it. Yeah. So I said, oh, you put batteries in that ornament? She said, no. Did you? I said, no. Mm-hmm. And I so we, <laughs> we called Jack, and he said, no. So I went over to the tree. It's always me. I guess everyone else. Because I, I grew up with ghosts and stuff. Right. So I was like, okay, hey, this is whatever. So I went and took it off the tree, and I opened the back. And no, there was no battery in it, but it was playing. Wow. Yeah, so I just hung it back on the tree. And, um, yeah, so I, I, I guess this was just something that... Donna did mm-hmm. all the time. Her mother had said, like, growing up. So just a trickster. Yeah. She used to do stuff like, especially turning on the water. She right. thought that was the funniest thing when she was a kid. She would just turn the faucet on and run away and think it was <laughs> funny. That's pretty neat. So that's, I mean, and like I said, her mother for a while, a few times, would tell us that, you know, I got up to use the bathroom in the night and the water was on in the mm. sink. So... She was around for a while, and um, we don't, I don't really, you know, we kind of drifted apart, so I, I don't know if anything is still going on. That, Like I said, it was seven, eight years ago, mm-hmm. so I don't know if she's still playing her tricks. Right. Or, but that is my story called Trickster. So this one is called My Friend's Apartment, and I used to hang out with this uh, friend of mine, Angie. And I used to go to her house a lot, and we just, like, watch movies and just hang out. And so a lot of weird things happened, though, when I'd be over there. And when I wasn't there, too, she had some things happen, too. At the she apartment? by herself, yeah. So um, the first one I have, she had gotten this from her grandmother. Um, at that time, her grandmother had passed by then. But, she, you know, she had gotten this gift from her grandmother years before, <laughs> And it was, you know, those bag holders that you get, like you can put your grocery bags in, your plastic bags, you put them out the bottom. Yeah. So her grandmother had given her one that was like, it was a doll. A doll? Yeah. And you you put the bags in like her head or in her butt or whatever, and (laughs) you pull them out the head. It was cute, though. And And it was like, it had like, she had like a big fluffy dress and she just sat there. This is starting to sound creepy. <laughs> <laughs> it's creepy. And so she used to keep it on top of her microwave. And the microwave was at the end of the counter. So she had this big open concept apartment. Right. So the living room was like right there. You could see the whole kitchen. You yeah. know, and there's a counter there. So we're sitting in the living room watching paranormal activity oh, with no. the lights off because right. we like to watch creepy things. And all of a sudden, like... We heard something, like, coming from the kitchen. So we both turned and looked. And when we looked, that doll bag, it flew off of the microwave. It didn't just, like, okay, topple over and land on the floor. It literally, like, it had wings. It flew, like, halfway across the living room. Wow. That's crazy. And we heard a clunk for us, so I don't know what that was about. But Mm -hmm. um, we just looked at each other. And turn the lights on. But we did keep watching the movie. Right. (laughs) I wouldn't. (laughs) I know. I don't know what I was thinking. But, I mean, nothing else happened that night. But it was still creepy. And then another time I was over there. And we were going to watch a movie. 
but we needed some food. So we said, let's go get some takeout and we'll come back. And well, before that, we were having a drink mm-hmm. and she didn't have any straws. She always liked to have a straw in her drink. She's like, I ran out of straws. And we were going to go to Wendy's. She said, we'll just get a few extra straws from Wendy's so we'll have them in the house. So we went to Wendy's, we got our food, and we came back. And she set it on the counter. And while she was getting the food out of the bag and ready to bring in, I went into the living room to turn the TV on to get ready to watch the movie. And I look on the coffee table, and there are two straws there. Wow. They were wrapped like you get from, you know, a takeout place, wrapped in paper. And nobody had gone over there yet. And they weren't there earlier. Right. So I think maybe when we first got in, I, you know, I was like, we totally forgot about the straws Mm -hmm. because she said, that's what she said. She says, oh, I forgot to get straws. And I said, well, there's two right here. And she's like, what are you talking about? She's like, then she thought that I had grabbed some. And I said, no, when I sat down, turned on the TV, they were on the coffee table. There's two straws here. And she's like, well, my ghost came through, brought us some straws. So that was that. And then another time, now she's a chef, so obviously she likes to cook. And um, so she was getting some food ready one night. And so she's on, you know, one side of the counter near the stove and everything. And I was sitting on a stool on the other side, just talking and watching her Mm. get stuff ready. And she had taken out a whole bunch of little bowls and lined them up and put different spices. Mm -hmm. So each bowl had like a different spice. She had like four or five of them lined up. Right. And um, she said, okay. And then she put, like, some meat in a pan or something. She's like, all right, I'm going to go. I got to go to the ladies' room. And I said, well, you're doing that. I'm going to run outside and have a smoke. So I come back, and she's in the kitchen looking all flustered. And, like, she's like, where are my spices? I said, I don't know. I said, last I knew they were lined up right here in little bowls. And she said, yeah. And I said, well, I didn't touch them because when you went in the bathroom, I went outside. Yeah. And she's like, well, when I came out, they were just gone. We could not find them. Wow. So she took out some more bowls and spices, and she made dinner, and then we ate, and we were watching TV. And then she went into the kitchen to get something later on, and the bowls that we were missing earlier were now there because she had cleaned up and washed the other ones and put them away. Yeah. And now there's the same bowls that we couldn't <laughs> find. I'm not even kidding. And she's that like, because she's like, Mary, come here. Yeah. And just from the tone of her voice, I was creeped out. Right. I didn't know what it was, but yeah. I'm like, there's that tone again when weird things happen in this house, in this apartment. Right. So I went over there, and there they were. Thanks. Yeah. That is funny. Yeah. So that's. I Someone's have... playing tricks on you. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. See, you know. Sometimes, like, it sounds like, okay, it could be her mm-hmm. doing it. But that straw one, I know wasn't. Right. And the doll. Right. We both saw it fly off. It 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 flew across the room. Right. So that one. And then, so then one time I stayed overnight there, and I went to work the next day from there. And she texts me. I'm at work, and I'm like, she says, uh, what did you do to the shower head? 
I'm like, what is she talking about? <laughs> so I'm like, that's what I said. I, like, what are you talking about? She goes, well, I turned the shower on and I got soaked. Mm. And I'm like, because she said, you know, like before you get in, you turn it on to yeah. let the water get hot. And she, so she turned it on and I guess the shower head oh, was, was turned, turned towards yeah. her. <laughs> so she got sprayed with cold water. Right. And I said, I didn't do that. <laughs> I didn't do that. I said, right. you know that apartment. Yeah. You should know that it wasn't me. Mm -hmm. So that was the end of that story. Wow. And then, so I have one more that I can remember. And so we were going to go hang out, like, with other friends one night. Excuse me. And um, so she had some earrings. She had a pair of earrings she put on the coffee table mm -hmm. while she went to finish getting ready. I saw her put two earrings down. And then, I don't know, I was watching TV or something, but I don't know. I think I was right there. And she comes back, and she goes to put her earrings in, and there's one earring there. There's one earring. One earring. Wow. So we started looking around for the earring. Like, we looked under the table. We're rubbing our hands on the carpet. We couldn't find it. Yeah. So she decided to wear a different pair, and she put that earring back on the coffee table. Uh -huh. And she went and got a different, different set to wear. And we went out. We came back the next morning. We're having coffee in the living room, and both of the earrings were on the coffee table. Yikes. That is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> right next to each other, the ones that she didn't wear because she couldn't find the second one. Right. <laughs> huh. That's very different. Yeah. And um, I know, like, she had told me some stuff, too, that something about the washing machine or dryer was something she told me about. That happened when I wasn't there. Like, it just went on by itself. or mm -hmm. I don't remember. But um, I'm not even sure, like, where she where she lives now or anything. So right. I can't, like, ask her about it. But yeah. So that was, it was a really cool apartment. Yeah, I can imagine. But it sounds I wouldn't like want to be alone there, I don't think. I don't think so either. Oh. Yeah, so that is my story about my friend's apartment. This one is called A Sign, and it's about my mom after she passed away. Well, first, I have to tell you, she died in 2000 and, um, of bone cancer. And when she died, she was in the nursing home. And, well, the doctors had said that she had, like, six months to live, and it had only been a couple of weeks had gone by. Um, but she was on morphine most of the time for pain. And, you know, she was in and out, so you could talk to her sometimes. And so I thought I still had plenty of time. And the night that she passed away, I was actually at a Reba McIntyre concert. And the only reason I went was because I had had tickets for, you know, months and months in advance. And she was out most of the time. And so I, you know what, I, I said, I'm going to go to the concert and then I'll be with my mom tomorrow. So during, right before Reba came out, I called my sister and, um, to find out how our mother was doing. And she, she said she was going to lie to me, you know, just so that I could enjoy the concert, but she couldn't. And she told me what happened. And I, of course I freaked out and, um, I went home, but I've always felt really 
guilty about not being there, you know, that I was out at a concert. Um, so a couple of nights after that, I had, I had a dream and I think the dream was because how I felt about not being there. So in the dream, I had gone to the, you know, the, um, the funeral parlor and before the wake and I was like the only one there and nobody else was there. And, um, I decided to like, you know, go in there by myself and, but my mother was, the casket wasn't in the room, you know, where she was, the service was supposed to be. So for some reason, there was like a curtain there and I went behind it and that's where she was. And she was laying in her casket. And when I walked in, she sat up, but there was, um, they were like embalming her at that time. And I saw, you know, the needle and stuff. I'm not sure how they really do all that, but in my dream, it was like a needle with a tube and I could see the liquid moving through the tube. And my mother was very pale and she just sat up and I said, see, I knew you weren't dead, you know? And, and she just said, but I am Mary. And, and it was just so weird, you know? And I woke up and it just felt so real. And I, you know, I finally went back to sleep, but it just really bothered me for days after that. And then, um, so then we had the service, the wake and everything and made it through that. And then, you know, that was, um, in October of, of 2000. And so naturally like the first Christmas and everything is always the hardest and hard to get through. And um, I actually had another dream around the holidays that year, and this one was a good dream, though. Uh, you know, I was I had gone in to my stepdad's house, and I guess he was having Christmas there that year. And when I walked in, my sister was there, and him, and a bunch of relatives, and everybody was like standing there smiling at me, and they all knew I had been having a really hard time. And they said, "We've got a surprise for you." And so they said, close your eyes. So I did. And my mother walked out of the other room and they told me to open my eyes. And my mother was standing there and, but she looked a lot younger and she looked thinner cause she, you know, she was a little bit overweight and she just looked younger and thinner and happy. And I, you know, I've always heard that after you die, when you go to heaven, that you, you do, you, you know, you become like younger and like the perfect body and everything. And so my mother said, come on, Mary, we're going to go for a ride. And I said, okay. And she actually drove and she hated to drive. And so, you know, we're, we're riding. And I said that, I said, you know, wow, you're driving. You don't like to drive. She goes, well, I don't mind now, you know, heaven is, you're not afraid of anything in heaven. So that was that dream. And we just, you know, we had a great day, but she did tell me that, you know, God let her come home um, one last time. And, but she had to go back, you know, after this holiday. So then that I had that dream and then I woke up and then, you know, years and years later, I was living in a different state and, um, I used to come home at Christmas time a lot and I would stay at my aunt's house. 
So this was, I would say, 14 years later, I'm thinking. Was, I think it was 2014, and I was at my aunt's house, and it was Christmas night, and I couldn't sleep. I had been going through a whole bunch of, a lot of stuff in my life, and I couldn't sleep. So here is the story about what happens there. If you ever had someone dear to you pass, you will understand what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, then you will. When you lose someone special and you reach for the phone to call them, and then you remember. It might be you had a great idea or something wonderful happened and you wanted to share. Or some sad news. Or you had a rough day and you want to listen to their voice. And then you remember. For me, it happened a lot at first and not for a long time. And then it happened again. I'd been through a lot the last couple of years and needed to talk to my mother. I was living in Rhode Island. December 23rd, I visited my aunt in Massachusetts through the Christmas holiday. And Christmas night, I wasn't able to sleep. I knew I wouldn't be able to put closure on this until I told my mother what I needed to say. I left a note on the table saying I'd left for a drive. And then I bought a coffee from the all-night diner up the street and headed to the cemetery. When I left my aunt's, all I intended to do was go for a drive. It hadn't occurred to me until that moment to visit the cemetery. And I wouldn't have gone alone at night, not consciously anyway. But here I was, parked right next to her headstone. I rolled down my window and leaned out. For the next hour, I drank coffee and I chain-smoked and I vented to my mother. I told her everything, and it felt good. Heck, it felt amazing to let it all out. It was then, though, that I realized I was alone in the cemetery at night. I leaned out the window again, and I said, Mom, if you heard anything I said, please give me a sign, but wait until I'm out of here. With that said, I drove away and onto the main street, and I still wasn't ready to go back to my aunt, so I took a drive to the next town over where I grew up. As I approached the stop sign in town, I got my sign. For a few seconds, I smelled my mother's perfume. Smiling, I turned left down my old street. Hello there. I just have a little add-on that I'm putting on to all of the old episodes. We have a new website address. It is, it's just a ghostpodcast.com. And we also have a new email address. And that is, it's just a ghost podcast at yahoo.com. So if you heard a different email or website address in this episode, please ignore that and use the new one. Again, the email is, it's just a ghost podcast at yahoo.com. And the website is, it's just a ghost podcast.com. Thank you so much. As always, please email us your paranormal experiences to it's just a ghost podcast at yahoo.com and we will read them on an upcoming episode. If you enjoy this podcast, please follow and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can help us grow and get our name out there by telling your friends about us and we would be thrilled if you would leave us five stars. This helps people find us out there in the sea of podcasts. It's all free, so why not, right? You can follow us on Facebook at It's Just a Ghost Podcast and on Twitter at It's Just a Ghost 2. That's the number 2. Remember, ghosts are people too. Until next time.